Hey everyone, and welcome to Inside the Morgue. We're your hosts, Jess and Alice, and this week we have a very special guest joining us. We're talking to Will from Forensics World. So Will, how are you doing? Hey guys, how are you? We're good. We're so excited to have you. I'm thrilled to talk to you guys. It's great. So our listeners know who we are and what we do, but can you tell them a little about yourself your background, kind of a little about your education. Well, that's, yeah, sure. Um, I'm a police officer. I've been a police officer since 2002. And very early on in my career, I started with uh, collision investigation. And then soon after that, slid into forensics. And I've been a CSI slash forensics investigator for probably about 14 years of my 20 or so years career, and I'm presently the sergeant in charge of our unit back in my home department. Very cool. That's very cool. Can you kind of explain what a collision analyst is? Okay, well, for collision analysis, um, I mean, there's fender benders all the time, and those are sort of small potatoes. But then when you move up to some things where there's fatalities or near fatalities, serious injuries or, or significant property damage, there's uh, sort of a requirement or a mandate that's uh, out there that you want to do a proper investigation and determine the series of events and the sequence of events of how things played out, which led to whatever happened in the end. And uh, it's something that uh, I really enjoyed and I was kind of drawn to it. And it just is kind of wild to think that something that seems so heavy and so strong and so metal and so... I don't know, robust, can just be turned into a, a pretzel in in half a second. Yeah, because yeah. we always see the aftermath of that on our end. It's amazing. And uh, throw a little math in to do some speed calculations and, and uh, roadway evidence, and there you have it. A good collision investigation. That's so interesting. Because f- we, obviously, we talk a lot about forensics on our podcast, but I feel like that's one aspect of it people don't think of is like, that's a job within the umbrella of forensics. It's like collision analysis. Especially when there's a, you know, certainly there's, yeah. when there's a, a serious injury or death, perhaps. Right. There's potential right. criminality to these events. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's, you know, reckless driving, dangerous driving, impaired driving, even to the point of someone being negligent by driving around a vehicle that is completely mechanically inept. So mm-hmm. just get to the bottom of it. Yeah, I love that. So you're working in Canada, correct? Yes. Do you think forensics is different from your point of view, from your perspective over there? Well, it's uh, well, I think the it, it's through my through through my work and and my you know connecting with people around the world in my profession. Uh, it's certainly I've realized that there's more than one way to to get to the destination. There's different techniques. There's different jargon. There's different ideas and and uh and it's fun sharing those things but ultimately we're trying to figure out what happened and the job is locate your evidence collect your evidence interpret your evidence and come up with something that is going to uh and tell a story and ultimately every csi i've spoken to in canada across the border across the world it's always the same goal try and try and solve a problem solve a mm-hmm. crime yeah. Speaking about, you just said across the world. Yeah. You have a very big page, Forensic World, on Instagram. Everybody, if you don't follow it already, go follow Will on Forensic World. Thanks. On Instagram. It's so much. I love your page. I love your trivia. So do you want to tell us a little bit how you got that page started and where it's taken you since? Oh, sure. Um, 
it all kind of blossomed in about 2017 and I was uh, teaching a basic forensics course at a local college and the students were awesome and they had lots of questions and it was it was a, it was a lot of fun and the interesting part was that there was no follow-up to it it was sort of a one-off course there was really no prerequisite other than being in the in the law program and there was no follow-up course per se and we got near the end and they were saying okay well I said, well, that, that's it. Everyone's awesome. We're done. And, but they wanted more. I mean, they're trying to keep in touch and going back and forth. And, and I said, well, I tried to figure out a way that we could kind of do that. And I thought, well, maybe I can use this Instagram thing. And I thought, okay, well, I'll give that a try. <laughs> so I thought, okay, well, I'll try that. So I went home and asked my kids, what's, how, do, how do I do this Instagram thing? And uh, they showed me, and it was clearly pretty straightforward. And I thought, okay, this is cool. This will work. Um, and then I decided, okay, well, i got to think of a name to call it because I just don't want to call it my name because that seems a little presumptuous. So I thought, well, it'd be kind of neat to include more than just local, more than just Canada, maybe the world. And I kind of thought, well, it's forensics, so forensics, world. There. Boom. Done. And then so I had one follower. It was like me. And then my kids followed. There was three. And they were making fun of me. And I thought... Dad, this is kind of weird. Like, what are you doing? And I thought, hey, just be patient. It's fun. It's interesting stuff. Everybody loves forensics. They do. Soon after that, I was a thousand, ten thousand, and now I got I got lots of followers. So it's it's a lot of fun, and, and I interact with lots of people around the world, and I answer every single DM, and I kind of pride myself in that. It takes a while sometimes, but I think it's really important because I know yeah. when I ever got an answer from someone or a like or whatever it just means that they kind of care and, and and you're not just a machine i'm me i'm just a normal person who likes forensics and that's what i do for work so that's how it all started that is so cool that's so awesome and i love the trivia that you do on your page too and you're working on a book about it yeah so i oh, a while back about 380 questions back i thought to myself well i gotta try and make it, you know, interesting and do stuff. And I got all these things that pop into my head. And so I think, okay, well, I'm just going to ask, once I did a poll or a survey or a yes, no, and I thought, well, I'm going to make a question. So I put a question and I got like 3,000 responses. And I'm like, holy, holy moly. Okay, so I did another one. And then every couple of days I do another one, another one, another one. And so, as I say, I'm about 380 and I've got, I always get answered or questions about, can you explain this or can you do this or can you tell us more about this and sometimes i do that in a post but i can't possibly do enough posts to catch up with all the questions so i'm gonna i'm working on putting together like a book of forensics world book of questions and answers and and it'll take all the questions that we've talked about obviously give the answer and then a little blurb about the reasoning behind it so it'll be a i think it'll be a really cool basic all-encompassing all aspects of forensics piece of work that people can pick up and enjoy, I hope. I love that. That is such a cool teaching tool, too. Yeah. Oh, I think so, too. I really, I think it's really neat. I would love to have had that when I was, before I kind of knew what I already know. It's a really great review. And even doing the questions, it helps me remember things. And, mm -hmm. and answering DMs and stuff is really, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Yeah. I get excited when I know the answer to your trivias. 
<laughs> the other day you had one about um, preserving like evidence for a fire case yeah. and like what yeah. you put it in. And I was like, oh, it's a paint can. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I know that one. Paint can, paint can. We use them too for autopsies. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have fire deaths. Yeah, yes. arson's all about, in some cases, it's all about fumes and mm-hmm. accelerants. And which, how are you going to, and yes, now interestingly enough, someone from the UK re- reached out to me and said, hey, Will, we have special bags that actually are aroma proof or whatever you want to call it. And I had never seen those before. So I said, oh, send me a picture because I want to see it. And she wanted to see a picture of paint cans because we have we have unused brand new paint cans. The thing I like about the paint cans is, is they're quite robust. They won't, you can kind of push mm-hmm. them around. They're not going to break. And you can write mm-hmm. on them with Sharpies. It's really cool to hear from a colleague in the UK about it. And for a while there, people were saying, well, why a paint can? Why a paint can? And as soon as I responded in the DMs, I was saying it's all about um, fumes and accelerant fumes for arson. Because the key mm-hmm. word was arson in the question. And yes. then there you go. So do you remember your first autopsy and kind of what your takeaway from that was? If there were any emotions that came up? It was... I do, in a sense. Yes, yes, I knew. And it was a she. And it was unbelievable. Like, like you, you, what surprised me the most, actually, probably, was all of the color. There is so yes. much yeah. color inside. And you guys know this. That's exactly what I said my first autopsy, yeah. Yeah, there's oranges and reds and yellows. and I mean, I'm, there's no blue or anything like that. But, I mean, you know, I guess sometimes there is, depending on what you're looking at. But the, the color was, was shocking. Like, it was just like, wow. Especially when you do the old peel and you're right inside. Yep, the scalp peel, yeah. Yeah, yep. and, oh, oh and, the, and the other thing about that, when they do the, they go around the scalp, with the, uh, the saw, and then there's that, they get the little pry and little, when they pop the skull cap, yep. you just can't make that noise up, and it's just, nope. I mean, that sounds kind of morbid, but it was, it, it, eh. it's something I'll just never forget, and yeah, it, it, the color, by far the color, and the variety of color inside. Yeah, I had the same reaction to my first autopsy. I had only ever seen like cadavers in an anatomy lab that were embalmed. So the colors are a lot duller and muted. And then I saw my first autopsy and was like, I had no idea there was so much color. (laughs) I don't even know what I was expecting. But and the garden shears for the ribs and and it's like (laughs) breastplate and wow. And it was really neat. And the pathologist we have in Victoria is uh she's amazing this the person back then was a different person but the pathologist any pathologist i've worked with and the pathologist assistants like what you guys do it is just so much knowledge and skill and, and it's just they learn so much like every time and it's uh yeah now since then i've been to many many autopsies from you know you know sudden deaths and stabbings and shootings and burnings and you know uh, it's just, it's it's just, I'm in awe every time. Yeah, it's, I always say this about our job. It's, I love it because I learn so much every day. And it's never, it's similar, but it's never the same two days in a row. Like, you never know what you're going to see. Yeah, and that's what I love about our job. Yeah. Totally. And sometimes you have to do the autopsy to determine certain things. Like when you're looking at the hyoid bone and things like that. I mean, you really got to dig in to see if that bone's broken. It's not always broken when there's a strangulation, but it's certainly an Mm -hmm. indicator. And I know in one of your earlier 
podcast, you guys talked about hyoid bone, hyoid bone, and it was yeah, bone yeah. in the neck, and it's and and the first time I even saw the hyoid bone, hyoid bone, I was like, wow, that thing's attached to nothing. It's just there, and yeah. it's just it's really neat. Lots of learning all the time. Do you have a favorite part of what you do? Like a favorite part of your job? Favorite part, I think, probably. The most, I guess one of the more rewarding things is when we go to a scene and really all there is is physical evidence. There's no witnesses. The victim is either deceased or in a bad way. Um, no, no, nothing. All it is is a crime scene. And this could just be property crime as well. But, but if you dig up and you look for and you find, say, a latent fingerprint impression, or able to identify a footwear impression or find some trace that connects it to another. So basically, I guess in a nutshell, it's solving a crime when there's nothing but physical evidence. So it's, it's very satisfying and actually pretty fun, actually. I bet. It's amazing. Do you have any favorite crime dramas or ones that you think are more accurate than others? Crime drama. Yeah, any show recommendations? This is, this is great because I think sometimes crime dramas get a hard time. They get a, a bit of a hard, bad rep, especially when it's someone like it's police or, or, or pathologist or CSI. They watch it. Oh, my God, that's fake or that's fake. There's no way. Blah, blah. You know what? I think they do a great job. In many cases, CSI, that show CSI, I never got into New York, but I thought Miami was cool. And Las Miami's Vegas, fun. <laughs> Las Vegas was the best. I thought the best one because it was the first and it kind of had some neat characters. SVU is great. I don't know. I've watched yeah. Law and Order. I mean, all the, all the usual stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then if you want to go somewhere like Forensic Files, those are good, but they're filed. Their cases are often quite dated, so they don't have, I mean, they're very, they're real. Um, but they have dated cases because of, for reasons that they can't be having too recent, but overall, I think they're okay. And, and I know in court, when I'm doing a jury trial or something, they're waiting for the forensics guy. They're just waiting. Here we go. It's a shooting and forensics guy, me, whomever, we're going to talk about guns and we're going to talk about bullets and we're going to show photographs and we're going to tell the story. And really all we're doing is passing on information. We're just mm -hmm. unbiased. We've collected evidence. It tells the story. It's really hard to kind of argue with some of the things that we come up with. I mean, a fingerprint is a fingerprint, an ID is an ID, a bullet hole is a bullet mm -hmm. hole, a caliber is a caliber, and then we just put it all together. I like watching the shows. You know, I mean, they're they're kind of neat. Sometimes they might they might use a different camera than I would use in reality. Like there's something mm -hmm. called a ring flash that is really good for using doing wounds, takes away shadows, but I would never use a ring flash outside or uh, like on a riverbed or right. something like that. Yeah, we've used a ring flash before in, in the morgue, yeah. They're really awesome. Yeah, but you're right. It wouldn't really work outside. But it kind of looks cool. Like a ring flash looks cool. Yeah. And so, hey, why not, right? And although in the it always takes quite a long time to get DNA and stuff back, there is... And I have worked with, and I've seen it, and I've experimented with it. There's rapid DNA technology now. If you really need it, it can take you two hours or less, but not 40 minutes. Not, not how they do yeah. it on TV. <laughs> <laughs>
Have you run into like the CSI effect in your job where people think they know your job better than you do because they watch all these shows? Uh, maybe not know better, but they've always got a lot of lot to input. Mm, yeah. Like so, I, I I don't mind if I'm at a break and enter or I'm and I'm at uh, a scene that's not uh, super serious. Like I'll often take the homeowners and I'll have their kids will be with me. I'll say, hey, come on, let's go, let's go and solve a crime. So. We'll go to the break-in window and we'll, we'll do prints and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, the, the older kids or the parents, homeowners, will come on and say, are you going to, are you going to perhaps, you know, check that for fingerprints or check that for fingerprints? I'm saying, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you, let me, I'll tell you. I explain, I said, look, point of entry, that's the bread and butter. Every now and again, you can get some stuff on the inside. But if I see glove impressions on the entry window, they probably left their gloves on all the way through. And I don't want to ruin your furniture by putting black powder all over your wood floors. So it's just a practicality to it. Mm -hmm. And then again, as I say, juries, they look at, they go, okay, here we go. The CSI is <laughs> going to tell us exactly what happened. And sometimes it's right. And sometimes they get what they are wanting, I guess. I, I think in the end, the shows have been a total boom for forensics and CSI. And I know... I'll take, if there's a negative about it, I'll take 10 times that in positives. And I, I think it's great. People love, people are interested, they're curious. It takes away the mystique about the whole thing. I was just going to say that it kind of takes away the taboo of like what we do. Working in death and like people always like, oh, we shouldn't talk about it. But like everybody loves these shows. Everybody loves to hear about it. And I totally do. We can still be respectful and talk about it. And, and a, lot of the, a lot of the plot... Are, are based loosely, if not tightly, on reality. Like, these things happen. Like, people fall off of buildings, or they, uh, or literally, I recall some just crazy things that you would never, ever thought you'd ever imagine happening. And they actually really happened in real life. Seeing that on a show, it would be perfect for a show. It'd be like, oh my God, this would be a perfect show. And all of a sudden, you see something similar on, on TV. Yeah, I mean, they always say in the beginning of the shows, oh, these aren't based mm -hmm. on true events. But I mean, yeah, exactly what you said. These things do happen. And you and both us clearly see them from our line of work, too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like what happens to bodies in, in collisions? What happens to bodies when they fall from height onto a hard surface? You know, ingesting certain things. I mean, the, 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 the ideas are endless. And... Reality is is a great basis for fiction, and it's so many of the stuff that you see on TV actually really happened. But they always show it's like two people doing the job of twenty. Oh yeah, and the clothes <laughs> they have so nice, especially in Miami. <laughs> oh, you got the sunglasses in Miami, Horatio Kane. He's got the sunglasses to whip off. I mean, I have a I have a van and an old Tahoe. I do not drive a Hummer. <laughs> I do not have a sports car, and I don't wear white clothes. Oh, yeah, never, never wear white. <laughs> In fact, darker the better, because then it can be dirty and I don't have to change. Yeah, but yeah, like Jess said, they definitely... In these shows, they like merge everybody's job into one because I have so many people that think I do what you do and go to like crime scenes. Or that we're pathologists. Oh, yeah, no, not a pathologist. And I know... I mean, in, like, I never interview people. Like, I, I generally don't talk to people. And... <clears throat> Um, of course, I talk to people, but yes, you know. <laughs> but I don't interview people. I don't interrogate people. And then sometimes you'll see a show where the CSI is also portrayed as, portrayed as the lead investigator. 
And I can't say what people do in different places, but I know for certain that I wouldn't have time to do that. So yeah. it makes more sense that it's in reality, there's the detective pool that talks to the people. There's the forensics pool, the CSIs that deal with the scene. And then we meet at the end of the day, every day on big files and put our stuff together. Yeah. There was one show we just watched. I think it was just our last episode that we posted with Rosewood and he is a private pathologist in the show, but he's like going to scenes. He's interrogating suspects. He's doing autopsies. I'm like, how do you have time? to do all of this yeah especially when you start bleeding interrogating and interviewing to the crime scene stuff Uh, i've never seen it in real life yeah it makes for good tv sure it's great tv because they can get all wrapped up in 45 minutes exactly so you've been working in forensics for quite some time now have you ever pictured yourself leaving the field of forensics or doing anything else um when I first started, I was a patrol, and then I went into the traffic and the collision stuff and got trained more and more and more. And then I went into forensics as a constable, so I did that for seven years, and then I got promoted out, and then I was a road supervisor and patrol for a couple of years. Really enjoyed that. It was a great break. And then the job to be to run the unit came up, and I applied for that. And honestly, I'll be there till I retire, which is not going to be that long from now. I think everyone sort of finds their niche. Like I never had any interest mm-hmm. in doing undercover work or or being an interrogator. I, that's not my thing. Um, if someone said I would have to be a canine officer, I, I just would, that wouldn't be my cup of tea either. But not everyone can do the forensic side of things. As you guys know with your job, not everyone could do your job. There's no way. Yeah. Sort of once you find something that works for you and you enjoy it, and it's it's been a great career. Yeah, it definitely takes a special type of person to want to work in forensics and to definitely stomach everything that we see. Yeah, yeah the, the, the only thing that ever bugs me is smells. And yeah. sometimes when I know it's going to be smelly, I just prepare for it. We have N95s, we have quarter face, and we have full face, we have we have all sorts of PPE. PPE, key, key, key. Yes! See, Will knows. We love, we love PPE. PPE. <laughs> I know. I've listened to a number of your podcasts, and it was all PPE. Don't we gotta have your PPE? I fully agree. It's great. Mm-hmm. Other than, as I say, the smell. And if you go in a really smelly place, you have to remember that when you leave, you stink. Like, yes. If you are with a dead it body lingers. for half a day, you are a dead body when you go back to the office. So you yep. gotta change your clothes. So mm. I have extra uniforms for those kind of things. I have changed, I think one of my smelliest days that we had, I changed my scrubs three times because like I was going in and out and I just, I kept smelling it on myself. And I think I walked up to the front offices and before anybody even saw me, they knew I was there because they smelled me. They're like, Alice, we can smell you. Like, she's coming. Alice is coming. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I have to get something from the printer. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, smells are, they're in the air. They, they, they land on you. Like they're. They're something. They are They are a thing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It sticks yeah. to your hair, your clothes, everywhere. You just got to remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah, because when you're in the scenario, I feel like your nose kind of gets used to it. So you don't always smell it on yourself. And then... But everybody else does. Oh, that's the crazy part. Yeah. Like, it reeks when you start. And then it doesn't smell as bad by the time you're done. But in fact, it actually smells worse. Mm-hmm. But you don't even know it. Yep. That's when you mm-hmm. got to change your clothes. Oh, boy. Do you have, I know I asked about your favorite part of the job. Do you have a least favorite part? Uh, 
from a very objective point of view, it's bad, bad smells, as yes. I just said. So I deal <laughs> with that. Um, the least favorite part, uh, and sometimes, sometimes I'll be honest, that sometimes the, all the death does grind on me. It's it got to it, it gets to be a bit much sometimes, but fortunately mm -hmm. for me, I'm able to compartmentalize it quite nicely. It's one of those things where I can tell I I don't take I've never had to take my work home in my mind. I've never been um, been victim to that. And there's only one one case or file that the one I guess scene or body that comes up and that pops into my brain periodically. Yeah. And that was in probably 13 years ago, 12 years ago. Um, now I only think about it if someone mentions it because it remains an unsolved cold case. So that's when I, it sort of flashes a little bit back, but not to the point where it, it, it devast it's ruins my day or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's weird when you have to deal with infants and children and you start imagining and, and, and frankly, things that like someone who's really badly injured is it's worse for me than someone who's deceased. It's it's a little tougher when someone yeah. you know they're in a lot of pain or they're they're you know sedated, but you know that this is a tough one. Oh yeah, I can't even imagine that. That's the only kind of I guess it's the down part, but it, it just kind of goes with the job. And honestly, I'm at a point now where I say it's better me than someone else because for some reason it seems to be okay for me. Mm -hmm. I can deal with it. Yeah, I always tell people it's the reward like. This job is so rewarding. There are hard and like heavy days, but like the rewarding aspect of working in this job and being able to like get answers, it like outweighs it almost. Like there are definitely harder days than others, but yeah, and we are huge advocators for mental health. If us or someone else in our office, mm -hmm. if there is a case or a situation that gets to us, like we need to talk about it. We're there for each other, and definitely those rewarding days for sure outweigh the dark and gloomy ones that we have yeah totally agree with you and and talking about it is great i talk to my team we get together we have semi-regular meetings and we talk about you know, what's your workload what's your caseload like what's what's anything bugging you we get psychological assistance whenever we need it it's the department itself and and the profession is really trying to work away from the stigma of of some a stigma of being mentally weak um, yeah. and that's that's just so not on and and I really think I'm hoping my generation and going forward considers you know wellness and mental health really important. Like I literally look at my guys and say, "You need to take tomorrow off." So I don't want to see you. And they'll go, "Why?" So because it's a wellness day. Take it. And we kind of work together that way. Super important. I love that because I know when I first started, there were definitely days where. That like got to me, but I felt like I couldn't talk about it because then it would be like I I've dreamed of being in forensics for so long, and I was like, oh, does this mean I can't handle it? And am I in the wrong field? And then our office is so great about reaching out and checking in with each other and bringing in counselors and professionals when we need them. It's and okay to talk about everything. Yeah, that's when I was like, okay, other people feel this too. Doesn't mean I'm in the wrong profession. Just means I'm a human with feelings. Just means you're human with feelings. And in fact, that maybe it helps you do your job better. Yeah, absolutely. That's sort of what we the way we look at it. That's great. Well, with that, I think that is a great way to end this episode. So, Will, thank you so much for taking the time yeah. and coming on our podcast. And thank you for telling us all about yourself and your journey and yeah. your career. Yeah, it's been awesome. And I look forward to um, listening to more and more of you guys' podcasts.
I think I think your idea is really neat. I think the way you guys work it is cool and green yeah. flag, red flag, and this is cool and this maybe isn't going to work, but great little yeah. story <laughs> and yeah, and your 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 material is endless. Your it's there's so much. People love forensics. I think it's really wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, this thank you. This was so much fun. And everybody, follow Forensics World on Instagram for more forensics fun and forensics trivia. And be on the lookout for his question and answer book when that comes out. I am going to buy that immediately <laughs> as soon as it comes out. <laughs> you can have a free one. <gasps> really? I'll still buy one. I want to give you the profits. <laughs> I want to support you. Oh, no, yeah, you. I want to promote you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yes, this is great. Thank you. Okay, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside the Morgue. If you enjoy our podcast and want to learn more about forensics, keep on listening. You can find us on Instagram at Inside the Morgue Pod and DM us about anything you want to talk about. We'll be back next week with a brand new dissection. Bye. Bye.